Lisa, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, thanks, Mark. How are you going over there? Yeah, very well. I'm going very well. God, that's, a, that's an Aussie, Aussie thing. I'm going very well. Yeah, at least things are good. We've um, we've not had a podcast for is it? it must be over a month now. I know. I've been talking to guests, guests, and all sorts yeah. of things. Haven't I had Matt? No, it's been brilliant. Time. How was that? Was it good? Yeah, it was really good. He was a really top bloke. I really enjoyed talking to him. I learned a lot. What did you get out of it the most? I just love talking to people about their journey. So actually, I mean, he's covered his own journey on different podcasts, but just he was a genuine, really nice fella with some kind of key insights and tips for anyone that was listening. But it just felt like talking to a friend, which is always nice when you do a podcast like that, isn't it? I mean, I didn't, I didn't have to call him back several times like Simon Dixon, <laughs> which was just simply embarrassing because my internet kept dying. So that was a bonus. It was quite smooth and quite seamless. <laughs> Oh, that's good. We've got a good line today, actually, which is quite nice. Really good line. Um, nice and clear. Um, so, Lise, what else have you been up to apart from the podcast for the last uh, month? Uh, we, are, we are a day away from moving into a new design studio at work. So FDK Sydney is moving location. So yeah. there's obviously been all of the challenges of getting people to pack boxes in the end of one era and moving to a new one. But the new design space looks amazing. We've had a few people, um, a lot of people changes and, and challenges. But you know what? I'm really excited for a brand new space. It's yeah. been very busy. And this this weekend, I'm hanging pictures and things like that in there. Um, I've been to the Gold Coast, had a couple of kittens to foster. Um, <laughs> and, I've been, and I've been doing a bit of mentoring as well, thrown in actually, for a couple of um, university platforms here, which has been a lot of fun. Excellent. What about you, Mark? What have you been doing? We've got uh, more building work happening at home. So... Uh... Um, just to put you in the picture again a lot of the work I'm doing is remote in fact almost all the work I'm doing has been remote so working from home so it's important to have the home set up correct um, for me so I've built the office the office is all complete now the, the X stage is the house part we've got sort of um, new kitchen being put in and part of that means we've got to sort of relocate into another part of the house it's not that big a house so it literally is squeezing yourself into a corner uh, I'm trying to live within a corner, live off camping stoves and sort of portable fridges whilst everything in the kitchen gets replaced. So there's that happening. Um, work's been really good, actually, been really buoyant. Um, freelance work has been sort of quite busy. Been doing lots of work with uh, an agency who provides creative um, for Tesco's in the UK. So lots of FMCG work for the core range and their premium range. That's been really exciting. <coughs> excuse me I'm also just getting over a cold sorry you can hear that excuse my cough <laughs> do you know what else Mark I think you should tell the listeners your exciting text to me that excited me a few weeks ago that said Lise I've started watching something new I've started <laughs> enjoying the Mandalorian I'm so excited <laughs> you're on the same page yeah. where's the helmet <laughs> <laughs> you need well, to be wearing a Mandalorian helmet <laughs> I, yeah I can't justify I'm spending far too much money on bloody fridges and stupid cookers and stuff that the thought of spending a couple of hundred quid on a metal helmet it's a bit you bit too, bit you'll too have no regrets you'll you'll have no regrets mark i'm wearing mine tomorrow to the office because <laughs> we're moving things yes. <laughs> yeah a safety helmet no it's been brilliant actually i've done both those seasons and now i've sort of been looking at other other star wars um related series um I think Obi-Wan is one that I've got sort of lined up. But uh, yeah, it's also finding time to watch stuff like that. It's quite difficult. But Mandalorian, I've actually found quite easy. I could just sort of do a sort of 20 minutes in an evening or sort of finish work, get in and everything, everyone else is in bed so I can sit and watch TV for 20 minutes. 
Um, no, yeah, Mandalorian is, is amazing. Um, but at least, look, talking of award-winning movies and series, da-da-da. Well, what a seamless. What a seam seamless. <laughs> so today's conversation is about awards. Uh, and I think what prompted us to talk about this, Liz? Can you remember? I don't know. Like, there's been a lot of stuff. It's that time of year, definitely, in our industry where there are a lot of people saying, enter awards. I know as an agency, we debate which ones to enter. So I think it's just the time of year that's kind of, it definitely made me think about it. Mm. Yeah. And, and it's, it's always a controversial one. It's changed over the years. There's a million different types of awards. So I think potentially we have quite different or contrasting views and opinions that it might be worth talking about. True. I guess uh, a brief synopsis is we wanted to just have a quick discussion about awards because I think we will have different views. And everyone, in my sort of simple basic research, um, just doing a bit of Google on right, what 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 awards are out there? Because every industry, every category within an industry has an awards ceremony. Over the years, they've just grown, and people have sort of almost got onto the bandwagon of let's set up an award. And it it, it is in many cases a, a money making scheme because there's lots of ways in which people who are setting up the awards can actually make money um, from setting them up. Our first question to one another is. What do we think about awards? What is our opinion of them? Industry-related awards. So in our cases, it's obviously design-related and creative-related. Um, Lisa, I'll let you go first, if you like. So the, there are so many different awards. We even have, as a business, we have internal creative awards that we do. We've got a little award ceremony, and you can like, each people in your team can enter things, and then the creative directors of every single business pick points and like a bit of a Eurovision within SGK. Um, but actually what it's really good for, and we, there's not obviously no money involved because it's all internal, um, you know, whoever wins it might win a little prize. But it's very good for showcasing great creative work or showing the other offices what we've been doing that wouldn't necessarily get to see the light of day. Um, I guess we should also talk about, the, like, there's so many awards. The ones I remember, DNAD is my all-encapsulating. I love DNAD because I love what they stand for beyond just the awards. Um, They've changed theirs up a little bit. So anyone, anyone who isn't who isn't in that within our industry specifically, what do DNAD um, award for? Who receives those awards or who enters the awards? So um, DNAD is Design and Art Direction. It's been going for a lot of years. We probably remember it as a student. It was even student awards you could enter. So it it covers so many categories. So anyone in the creative industries, and it's broken down to categories. There's you know, there's copywriting, there's brand, there's even sustainability now, all of these different categories. And you can enter as a creative studio, you can, or, an, or a freelance creative, you can enter for these awards. Now, as far as I know, I don't believe you pay to enter these ones. Yeah, I'm not sure on DNAD, actually. It's something I've not been involved in ever before. Definitely the student awards, you, do, you don't pay to enter, like certain universities have programmes, um, I have a DNAD student award. It's a, and, and I think it's just something about designers love. Like there are these mini pencils. You get a black pencil if you get an adult one as a studio. There's just something quite iconic. It's like the BAFTAs of our, of our industry, I guess, or the Oscars, if you will. So there's these cute little awards and it, it just kind of stands for something. There's a lot of studios who've won a lot of DNAD awards that we would respect and look up to. So DNAD, there's, you know, there's the PENT awards, there's the DBA awards. There's, there's so many across our business that you would recognise and reference. How do we feel about them? I think we're probably going to differ a little bit. So I think they have their value and their place. 
do I care if someone's won an award? Not really. As a creative, do I go, oh, wow. But I definitely love that they celebrate our industry and they're a great way to pay respect to some really great creative works. I get excited to see the D- the DNAD Awards have just come out just recently and, and they've got the DNAD, the annual is now online. So you can go through and you can flick through and look at some real great creative work. And it's inspiring to see great creative work. So from awards point of view, in terms of it showcasing, it's shining a light on some really great creative, I think they're great. The fact that a lot of them you have to pay to enter and, you know, like we're currently standing, um, being nominated for five Transform Awards in um, in Asia um, and across Asia and Australia. So I'm super, you know, I'm thrilled that we're in them. I'm thrilled that, you know, the, the work that's come from my studio is up for awards. But I also do know that we pay to enter the awards. So there's a little bit of a controversy and a fight in my head to go, if you pay to enter it, is that not pricing out real great creative work? Cause some of the best creative partners are sit like, why should you pay to enter your own work into awards? What about you, Mark? This, what, I think this is this is the other question. What do you think? Yeah, sorry, Liz. Let me talk to you then. I, I, okay. First of all, my first question to my myself was when we started talking about this: is right, what are awards for? They they serve as a great platform um, benchmark against your competitors, so you start to know who you what you, what you're up against in terms of what level of work you should be producing. Uh, and of course, on the backside of that, it's also a great uh, platform to promote yourself. When I first asked, and you've been saying, it was always great to have award-winning designer. Um, when in terms of when you're approaching someone, so this is this is why would you want to use this designer over anyone else? He's award-winning. Of course, nowadays everyone's award-winning because you've all got awards. There's so many different awards. And funny, the ones you mentioned there as well: DBA, um, DNAD. Um, Pentawars, those are the sort of the big ones that I probably would have come up with as well. And I, to my knowledge, and for DBA, for example, you need to be a member of the DBA in order to, to enter for their awards, and their memberships sort of fees are, are not not exorbitant, but they're they are they're quite a lot. So the, there is a fee involved. Um, so whilst I understand the benefits of awards, um, the downsides, I guess, to a certain extent, are the fact there's obviously a fee involved. Um, I guess the other challenge, an aspect to it is entering the awards is if you enter them and you lose or you enter them and you don't win, don't win gold. You know, I thought this is, we were putting in gold standard, platinum standard work. Um, I've got a little anecdote on awards, which this is always, it's a bugbear of mine about awards now, but because of this, and it really, it used to annoy me. As a, as a student, I always thought it was the case, right, everyone wants to be an award-winning designer. And stepping into the world of the professional world, you want to try at some point be able to get your work into awards. Um, either you push it in yourself or the people you, the company you're working for, agency, whoever puts it in for you. But so this is after about three minutes to tell the story. It's quite funny. About 12 or 13 years ago, there was a local agency to where I used to, uh, where I first set up my small bit, my first business. Um, the agency was looking to expand. And I think in order to, I guess, to diversify, um, and spread their name, they set up their own awards ceremony. So what they did, they, they invited all the local agencies to apply and sort of so there was loads of different categories with lots of different uh, sort of awards um, per entry options. The judging panel was made up of primarily the design agency owners who owned the design agency who was setting this ceremony up, setting the awards up, and if it, uh, so spattering other um, senior creatives from other agencies, but fundamentally it was set up by this agency and they were judging the work. 
And then, of course, you had an entrance fee to pay. And I, I thought, I, I don't, there's something quite not right here. So I, I didn't, I didn't enter, but I thought I'm going to follow this anyway. I'm going to see what happens. And so, of course, they had their big sort of black tie awards ceremony. And at the time, Twitter was just sort of coming into the fray and I'd started to use it. And I thought, oh, you could follow this on Twitter. This is great. And throughout the evening, I started to see these winners were being announced. And I think this is a bit bizarre because it's, it seems to me that all the golds are being awarded to the work that's being produced by the agency who set up the awards ceremony. And I would say probably about 85%. It, I was staggered at the end of it, thinking, I'm so glad I didn't enter, because I'd have just, at best, I'd have got silver, most likely, because of the fact that this, the, <laughs> these guys have been judging it. So the moral of that story to me was, if I wanted to fill my cabinet uh, with gold awards, it's to set up my own awards. <laughs> That's the only way. I was just, I was flabbergasted. And I used to think, I wonder if this is how all award ceremonies are going to be set up now, is everyone sets their own up. And I think... If you dig deep in a lot of these places, that's exactly what happens. Um, maybe a little bit less now, actually, because there are so many, but there are loads and loads, and some of which you, you'll have had them in your inbox, Lisa, where you get these invites from uh, awards so many. Your work for, for some of the you might have produced years ago, your work has been put forward to um, on, on some dodgy email that some, someone's put forward. Um, and would you like to enter just sign up here the fee is x amount and we look forward to letting you know how you get on so of course i've now i just delete those straight away yeah and i think to your point there are so many companies now that set up their own version of awards because it gets them exposure for being the host of those awards and i think often often when you to your point like who's on the judging panel like are they relevant to what they're doing um, and it's interesting. So I, I, you know, like I'm, maybe I can be biased because I'm now this year for the first year on PAC Global Judging Awards. And, um, and I know it's all over LinkedIn and I'm super proud and I'm honored to have been, um, I've been part of that. Like I've been following that company and known the owner for, for years. Um, so it's just interesting that, uh, you know, this year he kind of, he reached out to me to say, would you be a judge? And you kind of go, oh, my God, I don't know if I can judge creative work. I don't know if I'm that kind of level. But actually, there's some really amazing people. And one thing that made me get on board with it is, yes, I do follow those awards, particularly every year anyway. I think there are, there's some, some great creative work on them. And it's always exciting to see the results. So to actually be part of choosing those results. I also have quite a few peers and industry people that I know who are also judges. But there's quite a lot of judges. There's like 40 of us across the It's almost a board in itself to be, to be a judge, I'd say. It, it's, but I, but I, I just... I just love the, the diversity of the people that are on there. So, you know, there's some great people like Jonathan Ford from Pearl Fisher, who we know the agency really well. A mate of mine who's at Air Global in the UK, Gavin, he's also one of the judges. So there's some people who I respect the work they do in the industry and they're on the judging panel. And the fact that with so many judges, it's not going to be, and I've seen it internally in our agency and in our internal G awards, is that someone's opinion is kind of well, like all of a sudden their studio wins the most work and you don't want to think it's biased but ultimately sometimes it is and so if there's only five judges and a bit like Eurovision oh but I, I kind of like that office a little bit more I might pick them it becomes like that whereas I feel as though if you've got a few more people it's a bit more of a neutral playing field it can also then be a little bit more subjective um but it also yeah it was who who's friends with who one of the big questions that I was asking myself when looking into this was, 
again, what's the true metric of measuring good design? Because as a judge, you're also, what are you measuring this against? Is it just aesthetics? Is it down to subjective opinions? Um, or is it how much the user benefits from this design? Is it how much society benefits? You know, what are the sales numbers, return on investment? What are you judging it on? And that's what I think the best awards do is they have a judging criteria and they have a, how do you, you know, what are your, what are the values that each design that you pick needs to stand for? So I think, I think you would find things like Pent Awards or DNAD probably as a criteria of actually this is what we think, not just what you think. Oh, but I really like pink. It's very pretty. It becomes a, this one stands for sustainability and follows it through, through carbon neutral, not just through using recyclable packaging. So there should be criteria and that should be set up, I think, by, by the actual judging body or the actual awards body. So I feel like the ones that have been going a longer time, DBA, DNAD, I know DBA is something that you do pay for to be a member and then members can enter or members get discounts. So there's kind of all these little caveats that I'm a little bit more against or, or I feel layers it to make it a little bit more swayed in a certain way. But they must have judging criteria, surely, in terms of what makes a great winner. I think so. I mean, things like it has to be live work. Things that have to be live work. And just, I, I remember, I seem to recall, I'm only talking 10 years plus ago, that awards that I, I had put some stuff into which i think filling out the forms it was a case of i haven't i've entered any wars for a very long time now um for, for many reasons which i'll go into in a bit but um they used to ask obviously was it live work and do you have any um figures to tell us how how well that design has done in the market as in has it had an effect on the um revenue of the of the organization you've done the design for so yeah, it's it is a tricky one, and I'm pretty sure that there, if you were to question some of these, certainly the, the bigger outfits, you'd probably find that yes, those questions are answered. They have judging criteria, which then give you sort of a basis to make an opinion. And I think often the best creative work isn't the ones that gets released. So I think you're often restricted by what you can actually show. Did it go to market? Didn't it go to market? And actually, some of the best work is actually showcased on design websites like the Dye Line or Packaging of the World or Brands of the World because actually there's no restrictions there in terms of it had to go to market. So you actually see some great award-winning work that never won awards. It's kind of always the ones that got away that could potentially be the ones to win you awards. So I guess we should ask, like, how, what do we think about, I mean, we all look up to, you kind of go, no, I don't care about awards. And then you go, wow, Pearl Fisher won a lot of awards, really love their work, great agency, JKR. Some of the award-winning agencies are the ones we look up to the most. So do we look up to them because they win awards or do we look up to their work and ultimately they just naturally win awards because they do great work? Well, there is that. But also the fact that some of the people who work within those agencies are on the judging panels. I mean, of course, they're seeing their own work. Oh, actually, I quite like that. That is true. You're, you're... <laughs> so you're fully into the corrupt Not that I'm bitter. Not thing, that I'm bitter. <laughs> I, I also, by contrast, I wanted to look at the other side of the picture and said, so why why do we think design and awards are important? And uh, you know, there, are, there are a few issues, a few Pointers here, I would say uh, for prosperity, obviously, it's always nice to have awards recording the history of design and understanding that we've got sort of you filling up your cabinet of, with nice work. It's nice to look back. I mean, I've <laughs> around here, you can see my fingers pointing there is a little pent award there. Now that's from 2013. And I still look upon that quite fondly. That's some stuff, that's some self promotional work for an agency to work at. 
Um, so yeah, prosperity for excellence. So the awards display the level of excellence um, and set benchmarks for standards for the industry. So without awards, it'd be quite difficult to understand, right, what are we benchmarking ourselves against in terms of uh, quality? And of course, promotion, sort of gaining recognition amongst your peers. Uh, I think that's those are the design awards. That's why I think design awards have importance in our lives. I think they give us a good platform to aspire to as well. Like I know definitely from having a student pencil for DNAD, it's always been like I'd love it. Like I, I want a black pencil one day, and that that forces you to do the best possible work you can do. That's all you can do. You can only do your very best version um, to solve a problem or the challenge, and then hope that you know that's something that ends up being award winning if you work with the right client. Um, in terms of your question, so I wrote down earlier, so why awards and are they even worth it? I started to think about like, actually, like, why are awards worth it? So when you think about the um, the equivalent advertising generation, so they give you exposure for the people setting the awards, as well as the people entering it, even if you enter it, there's some sort and a certain amount of exposure you can do. Some awards have like catalogs of all the work, or they'll show all of the work, not just the winners. So I think there's definitely um, there's the advertising that it generates or the self-marketing. Um, it's a lot easier to measure now, not necessarily how successful a design is. I know people always want numbers and data. And, you know, when you enter awards, it's like how many packs, did, you know, how many products did this sell or how many impressions did it make? But actually the awards and entering the awards themselves. And I mean, if you win them, the impressions you get, it's a lot easier to monitor how many people have followed you. How many people have seen that you're part of whatever? So it's easier with data now for us to track that and monitor it and see if it makes a difference. You know, you can track website metrics. Did they improve after you entered the awards? And, and you can test it. And then if you, if you go, oh, it didn't really make any difference whatsoever. And we spent 20 grand entering awards this year. And we, you know, not only did we not win, but no one followed us. Then you can kind of test and trial that, um, you know, which awards are better than others. Like if you pitch yourself as a sustainable agency and that's your focus, you need to be entering some good design awards and then ideally winning them. <laughs> so, you know, like I think, you know, there's those kind of things. They're also an opportunity I wrote down for feedback. So I don't know how many of the awards do that. But if you win, you kind of get the whole, what the judges do the speech as to why they picked you. So to your point, you know, you have to actually have a reason for picking that, that one or for that one winning. So that's good feedback. Even if you come second, it's, you know, to have someone critique your design is actually quite helpful. So I think they're beneficial for feedback, for impressions on your brand or your business or the work that you've done or the client that you've done the work for. Sometimes awards are funded by clients because they want you to try and win awards because it's good for them, not just the designer. Um, and yeah, and the, ex the exposure and the lead generation were the kind of key things that I jotted down. Yeah, I yeah, but on the other side of the fence, I, I've also written down a little small list of why we might not enter awards. And this is probably the camp that I currently sit in. And at the, at the top of it, at the top of that list, and this is being brutally honest here, is probably fear. Um, so we're all competitive in our nature. And personal judgment means that we don't necessarily want to be judged all the time by other people. So putting our work into a sort of into a competition or a, an award um, and then to be told you didn't win. Oh, I thought that was quite good work. And then to be told it's not. It's like the ultimate pitching, isn't it? It's just like pitching. It's like you want to win creative people who are a little bit sensitive, but we make it about the work. You want to win. Of course we want to win. It's not about beating someone else. It's about being recognized for the great work that you've done. Um, and then to your point, but then I also think, you know, 
then there's an argument to go well you enter it and if you win you go yes my work's amazing and if you don't enter it you go well it's all fixed anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly right I, mean, I guess the other the other thing is why we wouldn't enter is that we've mentioned before it's cost um so this often there's often high fees we spoke about so um so you pay let me get this straight so you pay pay an entry fee um then you sometimes have to pay if you're a winner then you have to pay for your sometimes your certificate then you also have to pay for the award so if if you, if you have one let's say you won gold you have to pay for the gold award and you pay for that to be produced and you pay for it to be sort of stamped with your name on it and then occasionally you also have to pay for the royalty fee to be using the logo to say you've won an award from that organization <laughs> so again this is something where you think you know what it's actually going to cost us quite a bit yeah and it, yeah, it becomes, uh, to your point, it then becomes a rich man's game. It's like, I can only enter awards and actually then follow through. So we've got quite a lot, um, at SGK, we've got quite a lot of Vertex awards. And then to your point, like everyone, everyone gets super excited when you've won something and then, it, you know, you pay for the award. To your point, like we pay for the awards and then it sits in the trophy cabinet and you know, we kind of even paid for the piece of glass and we kind of have to judge as a business, like, do we want to buy four of them or like, but we want eight. Like, do we want to, like, how many do we want to pay for? Like, are we doing all right? Yeah. <laughs> so, know, so to your point, it's a bit like, it's kind of, it doesn't become fixed, but it's sort of, it kind of degrades. I always think about the people who don't have the money or, or like, why should you have to pay to enter an award? They have to fund themselves somehow. And how else would it be funded? Could you expect your client to be funding it? And they said, well, no, we've already invested in design. Why should we be investing in the award off the back of that? Does it become part of a marketing budget? I'm not sure. Um, in summary, for me, entering awards, there's a feel-good factor. It's confidence boosting. Uh, but then by contrast, by entering the awards, if you don't win, it's not confidence boosting because you're having to start to say, what was wrong with me? And for me, look, whilst I have issues with the cost and things like that, I actually love that there are showcases great creative work. So I do sit on that. If you can, just enter awards. And if you don't enter awards, follow awards and look at the kind of work that is winning awards because that's the kind of work that like, you can be inspired by that and look up to it. I love DNA Day. We've never entered any awards or gone, yes, let's enter it. The time, the effort. Our agency kind of recently looked at all the different awards that are going and decided which ones were worth entering or not. Because to your point, if you enter everything, it's really expensive. Um, and even if you win, then you can market the hell out of it. Doesn't necessarily mean it's 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 that it's worth it. Um, but I do. I loved. I just love to see great creative work. So I love the DNAD. I love DBA. I just like to see the work that comes out of it and go, wow, it's a great idea. I think one thing we've missed actually, and thinking back to attending some award ceremonies way back when oh, crikey, 20 years ago plus um is it does become when you are entering these awards and you go to the awards ceremony it's a big team building thing where you which are all sat around a table and when you win and you're all celebrating and that's as a certainly as a junior designer sat around the table and everything's being paid for you're in a black tie of this event it is great fun and you kind of think Regardless of whether you came first, second, third, or didn't win at that award ceremony, you've had a really good night out. You've been out with the team. You've been mixing amongst the sort of the the heroes within your industry. Um, so there is a big part of it. You kind of think, well, it's just part of what we do. And some of it is our work is going to get judged, be it by our clients or be it by our peers. And if we're out there, go and celebrate it. And as a team, it's just nice to see when you're 
when you're being part of a sort of a team project and when you do win in those scenarios, it's just a great bit of fun. Um, I can call as some horrendous headaches of being out night all the whole night being paid for, central London, Grosvenor Hotel, champagne being fired off everywhere and just feeling sick as a parrot the next day. I had a great night. I don't really know what we won, but it was great fun. <laughs> so I always remember I always remember back to my student one and the very first one being a DNAD student one that I won and being the nervous little student, two of us won a um communication direct mailer award or whatever. So we got the little pencil and you go to London, it's at the Hilton hotel all stage in I think it was Kensington and it was just a huge imposter syndrome it was like a poor kid from Nottingham we go oh my goodness we've won this award and you put so much into the work and then you can't believe that you've won it and they send you to London you're, to your point you're at this beautiful table you have to wear like a proper little outfit creative people used to live in t-shirt and jeans yeah, that's true and, it, and you know you're, you stand in the hotel and go oh my god we've really made it it really is like the Oscars and there's that feeling I, I think there's Everyone should enter awards for that reason, the chance that you could win, that opportunity that your work might be the work that's chosen. And look, if you don't get chosen, there's always another award. It doesn't mean it's not great work. But I think that that that, that kind of anticipation when you enter, I, I'm a big believer in like just have a go. Because it mean, it also means you're proud enough of your work, even if you don't win, you're putting together it's like putting together creds for your portfolio. You kind of forget the work that you've done. You go, actually, this is really great work. And you get to show it to someone else. And, you know, they kind of look at it before you sign it off and go, wow, they're like, this is great work. We did this. So I think it's just even just as the reflection exercise. I mean, the champagne and booze is nice at the end of it. But, you know, just as a reflection exercise, it's a, it's a great opportunity. Oh, Liz. Well, this is it. I completely agree. So, Liz, just rounding up, we have another conversation to be had. It's a short conversation about our November challenge. So we're mid-October now. We've got a couple of weeks until we set ourselves a, a gargantuan monthly challenge. What is yours going to be? For people who've not followed us for a year at least, um, in the past, we have previously done carnivore and keto. What else have we done, Mark? I can't remember what else we've done. But we do a challenge every November, a 30-day challenge. Yeah, I think we've done it for a couple of years. At least I, I, mean, I think my, I might have done carnival twice on the trot. But what's what? So what's your challenge going to be? So you're going to have thirty days. So I'm hoping you're going to inspire me. I'm hoping you're going to inspire me because originally I was going to do one minute of cold showers every morning and very <laughs> much of a Wim Hof moment. So based on our keto last year, so I've never gone back to eating carbohydrates to an extreme anyway. So I've stayed low carb, not keto, but but low carb. Yeah, I love it. Like I don't, I don't touch anything I don't touch pasta I don't like I don't eat bread I don't eat any of those things and I wouldn't even think about it even not even for like the people go oh, like I have a binge night don't not even interested so I've kept low carb and kept some of the habits I've been working a lot on my sleep I think I might have done the sleep challenge last year and I've got the aura ring now to track my sleep um, but I've been doing cold showers one minute cold showers after the gym every day but I've already I've already started doing it. So if I do that for November, like that's not much of a challenge. I'm already doing. No, it. No, do it. Well, increase it. Do two minutes. Maybe it's it. Do you know what? It's it's, it's, it's really it's a really it was a Wim Hof inspired challenge. Who talks about like if you can get in a shower that's freezing cold for a minute every morning, you know you can cope with anything. Yeah. Well, and it's also once you get out of it, there's a nice feeling as a big huge relief after. Oh my god, I'm out of that thing. And it does do you good. You do feel great after having done it. It's like a out, 
in the UK is probably more popular um, just because it's it's probably slightly more ridiculous is um, what do they call it? Outdoor swimming or swimming in lakes? Swimming in the Thames. Um, I have a, yeah, yeah, I have yeah, a friend that, that swims in the Thames. Yeah, it's a bit different from swimming on Bondi Beach. Um, albeit you can get eaten by sharks in Bondi. In the Thames, you can just be killed by rat pee. My my two, I've set myself two, just just this might give you a bit of inspiration then. So uh, one which is going to be work-related, one which is non-work-related. So the work-related one was recently I've been doing quite a bit of sketching for scamp ideas for projects of late. And I, I've been working with some other designers who've got some really cool techniques in their pen and ink drawings. And I thought, oh, I, want, I want to be able to master a couple, a couple of these new techniques. So I think I'm going to do a, there's something which people, some illustrators do at the moment called ink. I think they call it Inktober. Basically, they use October. Every day of October, they produce um, a, a pen and ink drawing. Well, I'm going to do an ink November. Well, I'm going to do one pen and ink drawing, one a day for sort of the period of November. And, you know, they'll just be 30 minute, 30 minute sketches. But by the end of that, I'll either have 30 quality sketches or 30 rather dodgy sketches at the end of it. Um, so that's the first one. So ink November. And the second one was for me was going to be just entirely cut out sugar from my diet so not just I, we've done carnival before which is just meat eating only so i know that i can restrict myself quite easily if i have to um so this will be sort of no sugar at all so no sort of wine not that i drink lots of wine but no no alcohol um no biscuits i love my biscuits and my black coffee um entirely cut out that sort of any sugar concept any sort of food or drink source I have over the, sort of the 30 days and just see how I feel after that. So no sugar. You'll feel so much better. There you go, Lise. Inspiration for you. <laughs> I, lo I love your Ink November. Well, maybe I'll take your Ink November and I've been saying I'll do it for a long time is to write a paragraph every day. So I, I love to write. And then since I've been doing, being a creative director, I have less time to write. Um, so I used to do channel, channeled writing where you go, right, I've got 30 minutes. I have to write and just keep writing for all of that time and not look at phones or distractions or anything. Pick a word every day and write about it. So maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do 30 minutes to match your, to match yes. your, well, there you we know, go. you're the kind of the visual creative and I'll be the writer. Well, it, could be, it could be a key word, for example, key word a day, anything. Um, and I think this is what I've sort of, from the illustrations I've been following. They have a key word. I think one the other day was crabby. And this guy had just drawn a crab. Amazing illustration of a crab. Um, so maybe something like that. So one word gets picked. You write about it in half an hour and I'll sketch it. We could produce a book, please. We could do it. Book. Done. We could do. Done. All right. Let's do Sorted. it. That's a game plan right here on okay. the podcast. Sorted. You write about <laughs> it. I don't know, prose or poem or whatever it might be. So you write 15 words. Think of 15 words or buzzwords. I'll think of 15 buzzwords. And then we'll share each other's and do one a day. <laughs> All right, Lise. Good. Amazing. Well, maybe we should set up ourselves, uh, we should give ourselves an award at the end of it. Maybe. <laughs> and maybe we can fund it, sponsor it, exactly. get, shed loads of marketing we'll be the judges. from it. We'll be the judges maybe we can it. get someone to do, maybe, or we can just get some friends or something to judge it. <laughs> and then, Make sure they get friends and we'll pay them. <laughs> give us gold. Maybe. Make our own trophies and <laughs> please. This is the... sugar-free gold. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, sugar-free gold. Love it. Well, look, Lise, thanks ever so much. This has been awesome. Awards and Ink Vember looked in, and uh, we'll set up our own awards. Sounds good. Uh, great to speak, Lise. Listen, look after yourself, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Chat soon, Mark.
trying to find the stop button. Where's stop? God, where's, where's the stop record? At the bottom. Is it the bottom? Mm.